0: Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, and am delighted to have Lisette Schutmacher join us as a returning guest to discuss her newest book, The Childhood Conclusions Fix. To hear her former show, Discussing the Eldest Daughter Effect, go to my website, CherylGlick.com, and click on the Radio Shows link for February 2018. Hello, Lisette. Hello, Cheryl. Good to be with you again. And it is, and I'm (laughs) delighted to discuss your new and very important book, The Childhood Conclusions, as listeners can come to discover you don't have to believe. De- you don't have to believe any of the negative self thought we are all bombarded by. Lisette, as listeners of Healing from Within know, my guests and I try to establish a clearer view of life, uh, both physically and energetically or spiritually, and the challenges we have all experienced as a result of either childhood traumas, relationship or health issues, economical stresses that create emotions, both positive and negative. We hope to truly know a better way to know ourselves and the environment we live in, both personally and collectively. And we hope to offer workable means and methods to grow and prosper and thrive no matter what leftover or misperceived challenges from childhood, we must still conquer. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Lisette Schutmacher addresses an important topic, one that many avoid, deny, or conceal, either because of fear, shame, self-doubt, or thinking there is no other way to change any of it. The topic to explore is how did the impressions we internalized in childhood condition us to make harsh assumptions about ourselves, the world, and our place in it. These childhood conclusions produce habitual thoughts that mark our behavior, health, and quality of life to this very day. We will discover how it all happens and how to see ourselves with new eyes and finally, really finally, turn negative self-talk around. Lisette, you may remember, or not. (laughs) that I always love to ask my wonderfully creative authors to think back to childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have led them to this present moment in their adult life and what they value and hold dear because I I believe we are the composite of our experiences and our soul, destiny, or life plan and must revisit these experiences from childhood to understand how we are dealing with life today. So think back for a minute to anything.
1: There's actually three women who come Mm. to me. One is my grandmother, whom I loved very much, and I'm named after her. So so that forged also a connection between us. Then there is a teacher in my kindergarten who was the most heartful, patient woman whom I felt really saw me. And then there was the mother of a friend, and I loved, I loved going over to her house to play. And her mother would always be home, and she would kind of be lying on the sofa. And she clearly enjoyed her daughter and, and me, others presumably with me too, being there. And then one day she was gone, and I had never figured out, and nobody at the time spoke about that this woman was terminally ill. Oh. And so she died. And I never knew that all the time, but she, I also felt really seen. I felt really seen by these three women as the person I could potentially be. Isn't
0: that wonderful? first time i've heard a story like that and you know three is a very special spiritual number
1: Mm -hmm. That you
0: selected that and that your grandmother's name you know names carry energy not only do we carry you know the genes and dna of the universe but we carry in our names and our grandparents name an energy for fulfillment and for hope and that's beautiful it was a beautiful story now, let's go on to why and how did you discover that negative self-talk hides our precious intuitive gifts and creates childhood conclusions that limit our level of health, well-being, and happiness? How did you first discover this?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I think we all have negative self-talk. I, I think I have yet to, to meet a person who doesn't from time to time or habitually beat themselves up. And um, so I used to do this, too. My main thought were actually, two: that I wasn't enough, like I wasn't educated enough, or for some things I wasn't experienced enough, or maybe I wasn't attractive enough, or there was always a not-enoughness. I never had enough time, and I should have had more time to prepare, you know, this this never-ending not-enoughness. And the other thing for me very much was... um, that I needed to conform, that I was somehow a bit weird and uh, that if left to my own devices, I would would not fit in. So I had to fit in. So I did all kinds of things to fit in. And at the same time, of course, I didn't. I became a vegetarian when I was 17, which was not. My mother was a real meat eater. So (laughs) that didn't really fit in. So I had my escapes. And um I think, you know, as a teenager I spoke a lot with my friends about who we who we were and how we could find out who we were and and in my twenties and thirties and at some point I had sold my company, I had a communications company, I was fortunate enough to sell it at some point and I was looking for a new challenge and I stumbled upon the Barbara Brandon School of Healing. That is still the phenomenal. Oh, school. that's wonderful. Exists. Energy medicine, yeah energy healing mm. and so the energetic part the hands-on healing and really learning to to uh work with the energy that we all have you know we immediately feel a person's yeah. energy whether it's you know makes us happy or kind of makes us go like keep a little distance and the but the, psych, the psychology part of that school is based on the work of Wilhelm Reich and then Alexander Lowen and then Pierre Rackles and Barbara Brennan herself. And in that first year, I was um, 48, 49 and in that first year, they showed to us these five childhood conclusions. You know, Reich, Reich's uh, pupils uh, called them character defense structures. And that's kind of a never sat really right with me that word so when i started Mm -hmm. to write a book i thought it's actually childhood conclusions we're very very small but immediately we start you know our as a as a little organism the baby starts to instinctively kind of make sense of the world and like how can i be safe how can i make sure that i will be fed and nourished and kept warm how can i survive It's a little survival organism but i was say 49 going on 15 i was like why didn't I know this before, and why don't we all know this fantastically uh, clear and simple theory of these five conclusions that we jump to as when we are very small, because we you know we have just a, a small overview of the world, so we wonder if we belong, we wonder if we are enough, um, should we really show ourselves? and can we love, can we trust?
0: Yes, yes. And Everyone's then, thinking this way. You you know everybody's right
1: thinking this way. Yeah, exactly. Everyone,
0: everyone. Now and they're thinking this way when they're grown ups also, if they haven't gotten a handle on the five conclusions that you talk about. Now it started off right said they were five character defense structures. Yeah. And and he discovered that as different as we may look in our outward appearance, the kind of thoughts we think about are not really that different at all. So once we can identify the thoughts coming out of each of the five childhood conclusions that you named... And you were just talking about two of them before that you yeah. found were uh, very um, entwined very up with for me. with you. Yeah. And I have one that I'm going to talk about in a minute that was very up for me. So let's go, because this is very important, to the childhood conclusions. We'll start with number one, all right? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they're drawn from inevitable... unfortunate interactions with our parents or those close to us. But once they're ingrained in our hearts and our cellular memory and our thoughts, it's kind of really hard to dislodge them unless we understand and recognize what we're dealing with. So the first childhood conclusion, I'm not welcome, I must go elsewhere. What would be the negative thought, self-thought around that
1: conclusion
0: that a child absorbs yeah, so for this, themselves this
1: first sentence even i'm not welcome you know just just imagine just for a minute you know feel into this what happens to you when you think i'm not welcome immediately i get you know kind of fidgety my mm-hmm. feet want to go somewhere else anywhere else uh i just want to flight you know basically i want to go
0: yeah you're living and in fear
1: it's living I'm living in, In existential terror. I do mm. not belong and, and it feels so horrible and I can look around me and, and make believe that everybody belongs but me, right? I, well, you I say, should not yeah, be here.
0: Lisette, you say that this is describing a very spiritual child who may be very empathic Absolutely. or psychic and is aware that the adults might be limited who are living around them and not willing to discuss or acknowledge this higher view of life now i'm going to tell you a little story (laughs) at three years old (laughs) on in the catskill mountains in new york i was at a bungalow colony and my mother had a picture of this but i remember it clearly i threw myself on the grass and cried up into the heavens Why did you drop me in this place? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm So you write about that. You write in your book, People with this childhood conclusion are often highly original and gifted and have maintained a natural connection with the realms of spirit that we hail from and may have a hard time being down on earth. It is a false notion that we don't belong. We are here, so of course we belong. But I would say... That childhood conclusion uh, means something to me because I I am exactly what you described there. And, yeah. And I... You know, it's funny. I once remember saying to someone, I, I was working in a place, and I had taken an office there, and I things were going on that I found very unsettling. And I re- remembered saying... I wasn't invited here, so Mm I sort of like brought myself in. It's the same concept of not being welcomed because other people are just not aware of the energy medicine we're talking about, or the sensitivities that some people have, or the need, you, you, you know, to understand and accept people at whatever level they're functioning at. So. You know, they expect things from people that people sometimes are not ready to give. Yeah. So. And the
1: sensitivity yeah. that you allude to, of course, very much is part of uh, because very often these people, you know, the spirit comes comes into this and incarnates in a tiny yes. little body. Our vast spirit kind of incarnates in this tiny little body, and in mm-hmm. the beginning. The energy healers can some of them can see it others can perceive it in different yes. ways. The spirit kind of comes and goes kind of comes and goes until some t- at some point it really you know decides yes, I'm gonna do this but and you know it might even be that the parents are overjoyed with their child, but right after birth they look at each other and the child needs a confirmation it needs eye contact, the spirit mm. needs eye contact, and it isn't there, and the child. The, 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 what have I done? What have oh. I done? Why have I engaged in this life on this harsh earth and the sounds are so are so loud and the light is so right. bright and I don't want it? And so the tendency for these people who have this sensitivity and this connection to spirit is kind of to go back to the spirit world. So these are also children that are kind of dreaming out a window and have... You know, travel amongst, among the stars, uh, but have a hard time kind of being here. Sometimes they have a hard time eating. They have a hard time being on time because time doesn't really exist for them and, and really being here. And the challenge is to fully inhabit the body, to fully come down and ground down and know that you don't, you will not lose your spiritual connection. It's well, not a matter, it's not a vertical matter. It's not when you go down, you know, you can't reach the top anymore. It's actually a matter of really inhabiting your whole aura and your whole energetic body. And then you can be here on well, Earth. and yeah. Lisette, I didn't know that then.
0: But I had a strong... No, of
1: course not. I,
0: I had a strong spirit and a strong sense of wanting to do good in the world, and I was full of laughter at the times when I wasn't sad about what was going on with some of the other people, uh, yeah. and and I was very successful in school and everything I chose to do without being aware of, of, of all the um, gifts that I had or what mm-hmm. would develop over the course of my life. I just had a strong sense, well, of wanting to please people and my parents and that's I think another one of these conclusions so let's yeah. go on to number two because I really want to yeah. get through all the conclusions for yeah. people uh, the childhood, second childhood conclusion is there isn't enough, I am not enough and you were talking about that before not feeling good enough smart enough, savvy enough and uh, not getting back as much as we give and not wanting to ask people for anything. Now uh, our listeners have to understand that we may have some of these features Now, we may be more embroiled in one of the childhood conclusions, but we will have a little bit of some of the others also. Yeah, exactly. So so we don't have to pin ourselves down to one spot and just stay there. We have to understand the different ways this reacts and acts on people.
1: Yes, and one
0: um, kind of overlays the other because they also happen in, in different times in your life. Good, yeah. Yeah. And there's a fear of dependency with these children who are in this category. And let's go on to childhood conclusion number three.
1: What do I know? Have it your way. So this is the very accommodating Mm. person who actually allows others to violate their boundaries. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. because they don't really know. They've been in situations, and situations can be very simple. You know, the classic example that I also mention in the book is, is the child is making a drawing of a cat, and the mother comes by, and it's kind of having fun with this cat. The cat is alive for them. Mm. And then the mother comes and says, Hey, it's a nice little fox. <laughs> a fox, it was a cat. And then the mother says, Oh, how lovely that you've made this for me. I'll pin it on the fridge so Daddy can see it too. So, so first it was a cat, and they played with it, but then it was wrong, it was a fox, and then it was gone, and the child, there's no way the child can explain to the mother, and then the mother says to the father, look at what a little nice little fox our girl has drawn, and so there's full, lots of misunderstandings that, you know, the child cannot even begin to clear up. So what Very, they do, very poor communication,
0: another problem. Yeah, but that... it
1: happens, you know, in, in the, yeah, it's not mean or anything it just happens in the quickness of life but
0: these children yeah yeah, these children who have this conclusion they can feel stuck and they end up after a while i would assume uh, that they don't have you know assert themselves for what they truly want because they just don't know how any longer and, exactly. and this is uh, we are free to live our destiny. You and I know that, and many people listening to the show. Yeah. And 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 we need to develop self confidence and empathy for ourselves and for others. Uh, but this this conclusion would make it hard to do that. So we have to it help does. people get beyond these. And then the next child took conclusion, which I thought I might be in when I read it, but not totally a little bit i must be in control
1: <laughs> i must be in control exactly in, in the
0: end no one's fully trustworthy i love people and i have many friends but i better just keep watching what they're doing because i didn't time a moment they do something that's completely off track you know and we don't want to be betrayed nobody wants to feel betrayed it goes I'm along almost just... with with the first one with not feeling welcome
1: yes right? yeah yeah, oh. so but you know, this whole betrayal thing, I don't have that so much in my self talk. Mm. Um I my mother calls me quite naive and maybe I am, but uh but my brother for instance has that much more. Is this all the time kind of looking at oh, okay, who can I trust? What is the position of this one? Very strategic. These are very strategic. Now people. where did that come from in
0: childhood where a child may have lost some trust? That started a
1: also in childhood. It starts also in childhood, and this starts also still in the fantasy part. You know, you know these games where we are the ones who save all the children as a doctor, or, or you know, we we the hero. we are the saviors, we're the heroes, we're the princes yeah. and the princesses. Yeah. And and we also have imagined that we have such a role for one of our parents. Like the little boy will kind of, you know, the father isn't home often, away for for work or whatever, or away anyway, and the boy thinks, I'm actually my mother's partner. And, And the girl, the same. She kind of goes like, well, my mother, but I'll dress up. I'll be daddy's girl. And the father can kind of play into that a little bit. It can be innocent. It can be not so innocent. But then, in the end, the parents are the parents, and the child is the child. And so that little heart is broken. Mm. That little heart is broken, and if i can't trust my parents, who can I trust? Yes, I can actually not trust anyone so that's it's really the broken heart, but it's also the big heart that wants to to give and to save and to to help others
0: yeah, it's a child who has a lot of charisma, you say and um yeah. and can help other people achieve much more than they thought they're all well loved uh but they when they can find it in themselves to begin to trust life more, they can do even greater things than they're doing. Exactly. So I call s- them noble hearts. Yes, they're very noble. All right, and then we've got the fifth childhood conclusion. Yeah. I think you were talking about this before. See, I yeah. don't really have much of this at all. I must conform <laughs> to it, and I'm
1: I'm a bit of a rebel myself. <laughs> I uh, yes I don't know you very well but I would not think that five <laughs> applies you know you know five are the people do you know these people who uh, you look at them and there's not a hair out of place uh, yeah. they're they're immaculately dressed and they can dance for an hour and they come off the dance floor and they're still immaculately dressed <laughs> and that is actually kind of you know to to remain an outer facade uh because you think that is needed because you feel like you're a little bit odd or a little bit weird <laughs> or uh you know you're you're you weren't really understood as a child. So then you go like, okay, so I must conform, I must learn the rules and then behave accordingly. But of course on the inside, you know, all the time you feel, Oh my God, am I gonna be found out that I don't actually know how things go so this is all about discovering yeah. your authenticity. You know, I, I have to say something funny that
0: comes to mind here. You know, uh, I, I, when I watch the news, a lot has been going on in the world and in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I watch the people in Congress, and I look at them. I say, how do they have any time to work on the laws and the changes we need in society when all they do is worry about their appearance they're exactly yeah. what you just
1: described groom themselves
0: they are groomed and they <laughs> don't have a hair and I look, but I hear things as a sensitive i hear things come out of their mouth that is totally irrelevant to the work they should be doing and i'm kind of saddened by it actually so yeah. maybe politicians are drawn They have this childhood conclusion, and it for some reason draws them into political life. I don't know, but there seem to be a lot of
1: them. There is, um, in these people, because we also started to speak about the gifts, each of these childhood conclusions, we jump, you know, we jump higher, let's say, to to start a metaphor to a conclusion when it is connected to a gift we have. And there yeah. is a gift of leadership in this fifth uh, childhood conclusion. There's lots of people who are, are leaders, but because a leader is also a pioneer, somebody who, who who does things that others don't do or sees things that others don't see. And then when you're small, you live in a pack and you live in a family and it's kind of let's all be the same. And you're, you're kind of sometimes a bit played down for that. So then you kind of go, okay, I better behave. But within... I, I think this is also one of real leaders. Well, Both they, four and five they, really they are might, leaders.
0: They might be keen observers of others, but uh, they need to give up on being perfect. That's not yeah. attainable anyway. And uh, if they're we lucky, we all need to bow our heads. Yes, we are to the perfect imperfection of life. Yes, that is very very true. And we may learn, if we're very lucky, that life can be quirky anyhow, and yes. it's okay. But they they have to get beyond some of the appearance in order to be the, a really good leader they have to really be beyond themselves and unfortunately i see too many maybe in this category of being too much into themselves that's me personally as i'm judging you know from from what i'm reading here yeah. uh but someone else of course will see something else Mm -hmm. But the point is, how would we remove these damaging childhood conclusions? Where do we start? You have a term. Turning a childhood conclusion is your term for transforming the unhelpful thoughts that stem from early childhood and our experiences. So how would we begin? There are three clues that you give that we must start to do before we can turn this around.
1: Yeah, so the first thing is to start to recognize these thoughts. Just so, we must start to listen to what we think because our our childhood conclusions are actually uh not they don't have much fantasy; they keep repeating the same thing over and over so so when you listen to yourself and you hear. All the time, you know, um, I should be in control. I should be, I cannot trust anybody. Oh, what's happening there? Oh, I must be, you know, I must be the one on top. I must win. I'm, then you go like, oh, there is a pattern there. That's kind of mm. a holding pattern. And so the first thing is because the, the same thoughts keep coming back and they also bring a certain amount of stress. They stress yes. us out. And, and you can notice that in your body. When I think I'm not enough, you know, I contract And also, these thoughts often contain the words always or never. I will never be enough. It's it's kind of a bit of a, we're we're like we're the victim of our thoughts, and it's exaggerated. It's exaggerated. Absolutely. And you
0: also give a formula for healing, uh, some of the, the common ways for us to work through any of these childhood conclusions. You say we have to recognize the thought pattern, then we have to shift the focus. And then, very important, we have to thank ourselves. So, again, it's getting back to the thought, we're not perfect, we can't be perfect, we don't have to be perfect. We can thank ourselves for small or big advancements in our thinking and in changing our habits or behaviors. So, uh, And you can also, you also say, to invite the anger uh, back from a time when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And then to, with your grown-up self, feel it and feel it in your body and it won't do the same thing to you any longer because you're way past that memory, that hurtful memory. And I, I really think that was wonderful, wonderful. So I want to thank you, Lisette Schutmacher, author of The Childhood Conclusions Fix, for a study of how a child makes assumptions and conclusions, even from events, perhaps before their birth and then after mm-hmm. birth, and which color their world, often traumatizing their sense of well-being and joy, and how through these thoughts and how though these thoughts may be justified or not, you know, perception is everything, affect them until rethinking their fears and limitations in adulthood will take them past what what has happened in the past, and they'll be able to release them as they are no longer real in the present time. To find out more about the five childhood conclusions and to purchase this book, go to Lissette.com com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Lisette has clearly, precisely, and intuitively offered an in-depth description of each of the five childhood conclusions that influence all of us, even past our original childhood memories and fears, and are still at work in our decision-making process as adults. If you study these conclusions, I am sure you will find yourself and those that you love and know and work with in your family or wherever in your life described in one or two or more of the conclusions offered and you may understand why you may at times hold back or move away from some of your greatest needs or talents and once understood your thoughts can definitely be rewired and behaviors and attitudes improved for better living lisette wrote Turning the negative thoughts that arise from the childhood conclusions is like making a u-turn on the highway when we have missed an exit we may drive quite a while in the wrong direction before we can turn back towards our destination on a country road we will have to find the right spot where we can reverse and not present a hazard for other traffic that cannot see around the bend I propose that the U-turns we make when we stop to thank and feel our childhood anxiety, needs, anger, fears, and shame be called Y-O U-turns. U-turns bring us out of the fix. They take us out of the contracted space of the dependent child where we are fully focused on what we need, back to a world full of others expanding into who we have become brings us back into relationship and into awareness of what other people may want and need and ourselves also into exchanges free of hidden agendas ultimately life is what happens through us we can be graceful instruments welcome enough free courageous and authentic Past the five childhood conclusions we each drew for ourselves. This is what I have learned. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and invite you to my website, Cherylglick.com, to read about and listen to authors in the fields of metaphysics, spirituality, psychology, education, and the social sciences who share a greater way to view, understand, and improve the human journey of personal distinction shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com thank you